All right. Good evening, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to another episode of Crypto with English. So today's theme is going to be NFTs, intellectual property, and the metaverse. So what if we can live in a world where influencers can sell and transact the original content of the various pieces they put out there and in turn make residual income from that? So going, let's say, further than merely just NFT art, if you, let's say, have a very interesting or fascinating video reel, for instance, or let's say you can create a limited edition of a certain photo or set of photos, we may have the entrepreneur and company uh, with the answer and the solution to that. So I'd like to warmly welcome today Paulina Bialik. She's the founder and CEO of Frosty Whale, and her company startup have essentially created a metaverse, a metaverse marketplace, if you will, where influencers can go and monetize their individual content in the form of NFTs and transact from there, building a second econ a secondary economy and another stream of income. And by the by the way, a very creative stream of income. So Alina, thank you very much for coming on today. Thank you very much for inviting me and for this great introduction. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. What made you, um, <clears throat> excuse me, what made you, uh, I guess you could say, what inspired you to create this idea? Uh, yes. So actually two things, two life moments. So the first one was that uh, my very close friend, we can call her a sister, uh, sure. she became a social media influencer. And you know, she has been building her community for a long time. She was spending hours and hours every day to uh, you know, collect all those 200,000 followers that she has right now. Right. And um, when I asked her how much she earns, she told me that you can guess she earns zero, like totally zero. <laughs> and right. she's bringing to all those platforms 200,000 followers who go every day to Instagram, to TikTok, to Facebook, to follow her, to see her content, etc. At the same time, they are consuming promotion, um, promotion materials from right. all those platforms. Um, they are putting their, their own data that is used by all those platforms. And she's paid nothing, right? So I had this feeling yeah. that it's a bit unfair um, from this perspective that all those social media influencers um, earn very little or nothing. So I did much more research. She was not the only one that I spoke to, but I also reached out to other influencers, also pretty big ones, and I asked them how much they are paid. And the answer was that they are paid very little or right. most of them actually are paid nothing. And the only stream of revenue they have right now is uh, our contracts with brands, with external brands, like sure. you know, marketing. Um, so, so this is what they do to earn money and it's nothing close to selling the content they produce every day they don't make money out of the artwork they upload on the platform they just right. make money from um marketing promoting shampoo um right. coca-cola like, like product all placement those. type stuff and exactly yeah. so so yeah so um so this is something that i would like to change and here i see the potential um how they can create a new revenue stream that will be much closer to what they do right now to the content they create to the content that entertains inspires motivates educates their audience and not out of um, products uh, that they have to sell to to make a living uh, from what they do and also um when you when you talk to those uh, social media um social media creators influencers many of them see themselves as artists and are very close right. to the community so very uh, much very often they just um avoid doing this uh, brand avoid having those brand contracts because they they don't want to sell uh, the product that's, that that they've never used before to their communities. Right. They think that they can um, lose um, this trust they, right. they have right credibility now. Credibility and credibility, yeah, exactly. So like many of them avoid doing this. And so it means that they don't have any other stream of revenue this way. And right. uh, yeah. <laughs> and by the way, that makes total perfect, you know, perfect sense to say, you know, the very least. So what made you think uh, or what led you to believe that, let's say, a metaverse platform 
or a metaverse centered platform, you know, where NFTs can essentially be like the medium of exchange. What led you to believe that would be, let's say, the best place for this, so to say? Because I would imagine, um, you know, some people may have said, oh, you know, there maybe there's an easier way to do this. Oh, it's too risky. You know, things like that. <laughs> so when it comes to metaverse, so it's more um, our strategy for the future. So there is no right. metaverse at this stage. So we started with NFTs and transactions between uh, influencers, their communities. But um, we are thinking about offering something more ju than just um, the NFT, than just a photo, right? right. Something that th there can be some utility behind it. And that's why we consider and uh, plan to do it in the metaverse. Right. Got it. And as far as the underlying technology of Frosty Whale, uh, which avenue or uh, which tech did you ultimately decide on choosing? Oh, you mean blockchain? Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so when it comes to blockchain, so we uh, decided to use Polygon blockchain. And uh, there were actually many reasons behind it. Um, I like Polygon, like probably you've heard about it. They, they raised... Oh, yes. uh, a big round um, recently, um, but we decided on them uh, before this event, uh, of course. But uh, yeah, I'm a huge believer in Polygon. And also, um, you know, there are many different blockchains, but um, in our business, gas fee um, matters a lot. So it cannot Absolutely. be too high because our transaction volume is much lower. So then um, like Ethereum has just too high, uh, right. too high gas fee that we that's why we cannot use it. It doesn't make sense for us. Right. And I would say choosing Polygon is a very wise and uh, you could say forward thinking way of, you know, going about creating something like this, especially in light of the fact that Ethereum is, you could say, almost infamous for high gas fees and lower transaction speeds than a lot of the current blockchain tech out there. I think it's 12. Um, I think it takes 12 to 15 seconds per transaction. You know, that's uh, among some of the numbers out there for Ethereum. Some of the other competitors, they can do it within one second, two seconds, half a second, things, you know, things like that. So uh, I think that is absolutely great. You ended up choosing, choosing that road for this. So when putting this together and talking to, you know, influencers, uh, like you mentioned, and like, is, like it is very apparent out there, it is hard to monetize your individual sets of content. So a lot of times if you're creating a reel, you're creating a set of photos, if you're creating uh, an animation even, you're not gonna have some sort of stream of income from that in of itself. You may get a lot of likes, you may get a lot of comments, you may get things like you know retweets on Twitter, you may get people sharing it, but there's no tangible return. And a lot of the returns are often, I think more or less indirect, so somebody We'll, we'll hear of this content. They'll tell all their friends and let's say a community starts building. And then eventually I think maybe sponsors and uh, other kind of branding opportunities, you know, come their way. But, you know, that's almost that's a few layers. And it's kind of hard to almost see foresee that when you're doing that. So how does an influencer get started with Frosty Whale, like creating an account and, you know, stuff like that? Sure, sure, sure. Um, so, yeah, so like coming back a bit what we've uh, talked about um influencers um you know they are paid very little by platforms like youtube facebook instagram so there are many disadvantages and now the whole world is talking how bad web 2 is how good right. web 3 can be in comparison to web 2 but uh also i don't I don't believe in this and I don't agree 100%. I think that Web 2 has a lot of advantages, definitely, and Web right. 3 also. And both of them have disadvantages too. So, um, so yeah, so like Web 2 is uh, is great. We use, we use it for free, right? We enjoy it. Like we right. have a choice. I can stop using Instagram immediately, but I just don't want to. I, I know the cost of it. I know that they are using my data, etc. But right. we still enjoy it, right? So that's why I think that Web3 is a great add-on, but it's not something that will replace Web2. I don't believe in this and not in the very near future. May maybe uh, right. later, but, but not, not in the next 10 years, I guess. The same is Web1. One. Web1 one we still use today, 
Web 2 and Web 3, they can coexist. And I think that Web 3, um, okay, so Web 3 is also a very broad ecosystem. And one of the technologies under Web 3 is NFT technology that's, that we right. use, that we focus on. But um, also we mm, use NFT technology, but when it comes to other parts of this Web 3, um, they are not on the first wave platform right now. Maybe they will be in the future, but you know, right. Web3 is much, much broader. There are also cryptocurrencies um, and uh, and other technologies based on blockchain. But uh, yeah, like definitely NFT is beautiful technology. It's awesome. I totally uh, believe in this. And I think that it's also super easy for people to understand. So, right. so far, talking to influencers, we didn't have any problems um, introducing to them NFT and explaining what it is. I think that right. it's also important to talk less about like NFT, blockchain, etc., because those are heavy and difficult terms that people are a bit afraid of. But when we just tell them that it's a token and we uh, we show them the token, right? That it's linked to the photo, to the video, etc. They get it and they um, they understand it. They understand it. I think that it's much easier to understand than cryptocurrencies or um, like other even other parts right. of this of this whole ecosystem. Right. There's a certainly uh, more context to you know some of these things in I guess you could say social media and kind of the influencer space. So. I think what's great is, and maybe this comparison might help, it seems like in the Web2 space, you could say uh, providers and platforms monetize your information, you know, and you kind of touched on that. Exactly. So, exactly. so perhaps, uh, you know, whenever I signed up to various social media platforms or yourself, you and I don't have control over our respective, you could say, likenesses in many ways. So that can be sold to third parties and then third parties sell that to even more remote parties. And then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you get spam mail, you get, you, you see kind of a copycat and, you know, fake profiles being <laughs> essentially created of you. It, it can lead to all these like very, very different things. And it seems like here with the metaverse, you're allowing at least the creator to have, you know, some ownership, some sovereignty over their likeness, especially with, you know, whatever they put out there. So. I think that is that is great. So, so if I was to use your platform on Frosty Whale, I could essentially create an NFT of, let's say, this very conversation that we're having over this episode, or at least maybe smaller clips of it anyway. I, I would imagine to mint an entire hour. Um, that would still kind of take a, a fair amount of resources. So I could essentially mint this five or ten minute clip. I can create like a limited edition of 10 or 15 or something like that. And then I could send that out into Frosty Whale and I can make a few bucks from each, you could say, fan or viewer that buys it, correct? Correct. Awesome. Exactly. So it works like that, but also, so that's why we are working with social media uh, creators, with influencers, because they already have existing communities that are eager right. to support them. And even there are different groups of influencers. So it's uh, it's not one group like the musicians or some other artists. But recently I've attended an event um, and the community there was very strong, but I was so surprised that people were buying from their favorite social media creators. They were just buying physical photos, autographed right. physical photos. And it was, um, yeah, like for me, it was like 1990s. And when I asked them about um, digitization, if they sell it online, the right. only understanding there was that I pay online, but they are still going to go to the post office and ship this photo to me, like the physical form of it. And uh, yeah, so what were the, what they were doing was exactly the NFT, but physical form of it. So that's right. why we are going to digitize this process and show them that the value of NFT, that the originality behind it is actually the same as it is in physical, um, in a physical copy, because there is just one of it. And right. um, there are many advantages um, regarding NFTs, because now you will be able to sell it on a secondary market if you want to. You can trade with other fans, followers within the community. But even if you don't want to sell it, because for our like influencers, social media creators, it's more about primary market. They just want to own something that belonged or comes from the uh, from their favorite influencer as they are buying t-shirts photos right now 
Right. And uh, yeah, so even if you don't want to sell it, still you can keep it, keep it if you, in your own virtual gallery. You can easily prove the authenticity of this item, which is right. not that easy in the physical world. Uh, it will not be destroyed. It's like super safe to keep it there. Right. And also, um, it will be delivered immediately. You don't have to wait one week and you don't have to pay um, shipment fees or right. shipping fees or anything like that. So there are many yeah. advantages uh, that NFT um, that NFT technology brings to this world and to this relationship between social media creators and data followers. Um, so, you know, like this, this relationship, this connection already exists. There are already transactions, but they are all in physical world. And now we right. want to digitize this process and show them that you can do it um, using NFT technology. Got it. And when it comes to your branding and your logo, how did you come up with Frosty Whale? Because I got to say, I do like the insignia, the logo of, I guess you could say, of the circle with the, with the uh, inverted whale. It looks like a yin-yang symbol. Uh, it's very similar <laughs> yeah, to that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, we are focused on the Asian market. So right. uh, the company is based in Singapore and uh, the symbol is uh, pretty known here. But um, maybe the name was even more uh, interesting how we came, came up with this. So we wanted to have something that is not associated with, um, you know, like with maybe with NFTs right away because uh, there is sure. a lot of negative press uh, out there. And we wanted to have something that is like very much neutral and will somehow uh, interest people what it is. And right. uh, how we came up with it so um probably you saw this uh, series on netflix um robots love robots and um, yeah and so I, I don't i don't remember the english name of it i saw it in polish but uh this uh, netflix series there was a frost whale so like we were watching this oh yes like, uh, yeah yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> <reasonable>, yeah. <laughs> yeah and uh yeah so so this is somehow frost Frost, so that's that's how we came up with the frosty and whale, like crypto whale. So it's um, right. It's more into blockchain technologies. Oh, that's pretty. That's pretty cool. And I, I guess the same concept would be for um, artwork. So if you're an influencer and you want to showcase artwork, you can essentially use this platform as well. So if you have a gallery of sorts, that could be like your own original content that you could also monetize, you know, through Frosty Whale, right? Exactly. Actually, our platform, so our platform is super easy to use. So this is what, like, we did a lot of research um, in, within social media influencers group. And um, we, at the very beginning, we were trying to um, encourage them to use the existing marketplaces existing uh, platforms. There right. are many out there like OpenSea, etc. But um, the barrier that we observed and was, you know, super difficult to um, to to overcome, overcome was, yeah. Uh, the, yeah, was the fact that um, crypto wallets are needed, cryptocurrencies are needed in most of those platforms. And right. our customers, like those social media influencers, like musicians, etc., they don't have it. And um, they didn't want to use those platforms. And when they go there, they felt lost. Like there is lots of content and right. lots of different things going on. And it's definitely not dedicated to influencers or social media, um, social media creators. It's just like everything there. And they told us, yeah, like we don't want to use it. Like it's not right. for us. So this moment was the moment when we realized that we have to come up with um create our own platform that would we, right. that would be much easier that would be simpler that maybe will not have cryptocurrency so we have also other options like fiat currency if somebody wants to use it so then they can um conduct those transactions and also like so when you when you visit our platform it's super simple to use you just register oh, yeah sign up and you can directly mint uh, we use polygon which means that the gas fees are super low so we cover yes. them it's for free um, influencers can mint for free they create the content they can easily share it um, using social media like instagram facebook they can share it with their followers and tell them yeah hey here you can buy this 
Instagram photo that I've posted or um, like this uh, TikTok video, etc. And they can easily go to the to the platform and buy like they are buying on Amazon or um, you know any other existing marketplace. So just right. using credit card. That's great. So what would you say to somebody? And I'm sure you've come across this. What if somebody said to you? Well, why don't I just take a screenshot? Why don't I just use some recording software <laughs> if I want to have, you know, like it's like an original collection of something and I could just, you know, look at it whenever I want instead of, you know, pay gas, some sort of gas fee or some sort of, you know, processing fee of sorts. And, uh, you know, what's the, wh why can't I just do that instead? Like, I I'm like I said, I'm sure you've probably heard that from people. <laughs> so actually, so what we do, we, we train our influencers. So we conduct workshops for them uh, to yes. introduce them to the whole space so they can also have some like, basic understanding how it how it works, how, how this technology works. And, you know, always our goal is that um, at the end of the session, when there is a Q&A, um, right. that they will not ask us, um, why should I do this if somebody can screenshot? Right. So sure. this is this is our goal. As soon as we don't hear it, then we right. think that we are pretty successful with explanation. Mm -hmm. But also we right. have answer for this. So, you know, it's like um, you can also go to the museum or to the gallery and you can take a photo of this uh, of this painting. <laughs> right. right. Like it's it's almost the same, but you are not the owner. You are right. not owning this. And uh, yeah, <laughs> so I think right. that it, this is this is pretty similar. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, I'm kind of curious about something as well. So your idea for Frosty Whale and essentially creating this metaverse marketplace for influencers, is it easier to pitch this to investors or family members? Because the reason why I ask this, because a lot of times when I've uh, had to explain blockchain and Web3 related things to like relatives, you know, I usually get kind of a few like blank stares and like a bunch of follow up questions and things like that. So uh, do you have any stories uh, regarding that? <laughs> yeah, I have many stories regarding that. So actually, I was trying to explain it to my parents. And I think that yeah. they pretty get it. But on the other hand, when I explain it to investors, of course, it depends what kind of investors they are. But right. um, if they are more blockchain investors, I think that they are still very much focused on the um, existing um, existing usage of nfts which is right. you know like on OpenSea, they are the whole secondary market trading aspects speculation etc nice. so they think that they are looking more from this point of view and it's very difficult to explain to them that look like this these people are selling like physical photos now they can be selling digital ones right. so i think that with like blockchain investors they can be the sort of barrier that they might be uh, thinking like that they may be very focused on like the speculation part of it that we observe right now on the market. Um, right. Of course, like some of them, some of them get the concept, so it's it's not that bad. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that when it comes to family members, as um, as far like you shouldn't go too deep into blockchain. Sure. If you just simply um, explain to them that there is this token that is combined, that the token is unique, that this is unique string of characters, etc. I think that they are they are getting this. Got it. And by the way, I think you raise a good point regarding, I guess, the answer to uh, the question, why can't I just take a screenshot or just record something with my software? And it really made me think of um, myself. So back in the day, uh, and you know, mind you, I'm 37. But when I was a kid, I collected a lot of baseball cards and football cards. And a lot of them came with like this little seal of authenticity on like each set, some sort of little logo indicating that it's essentially a legit, you know, version of that. I would compare essentially that to would I rather actually own the trading cards or would I rather own a colored Xerox copy of the cards, so to say. So that's actually what, what came to mind about that. And I think your answer is a very is a very good explanation because in fact i've heard that from people and i've gotten messages about about that i think a lot of this has to do with ownership and anybody can create a copy but nobody wants to buy copies you know that can be of anything nobody wants to buy copies of something you know unless there's a very very specific if not illicit you know purpose to that so you know whether it's let's say an influencer i like if there's an opportunity for me to get a limited edition of memes, like funny memes or something like that, and I can own it, and let's say through Frosty Whale, there's essentially a code within it, within the transaction that indicates its authenticity, then I would rather do that. 
you know, of course, uh, you know, if, if I had the option of taking a screenshot, I'd be like, well, why the hell would I do that? It, there, there's no connection to it. You know what I mean? I think <laughs> people no like to collect. Exactly. And no yeah. connection to, to this content and no connection to the artist behind it. Because now, like, let's right. imagine that you bought it, right? And this um, like influencer um, uh, that you bought the meme from, he will right. post on his um, Insta story, like, thank you, Adam, for buying this. Thank you for right. supporting me. Etc. So then it's then it's even cooler that you are somehow recognized. And um, no, like I think that this is super similar to the physical world. Like people like buying physical paintings, and you can always buy the copy that is ten times or a hundred times cheaper. But right. some people still prefer to have the original. And right. uh, also, it's something that we confirmed. So like we've been talking to those mm, to those social media influencers, and they told us that uh, on Facebook, they create some sort of, mm, they sell through Facebook, okay, so like this was another thing, that they sell through Facebook, and on Facebook, they post um, Polaroid photos. So they just take Polaroid photo, and each of them is different, so they um, sell 10 of them, and the right. person that writes the comment first will, will just buy it, and one Polaroid photo, they sell for $100. And I asked them why is why it has to be Polaroid, and they told us that um, people want to have something unique. People um, that our followers want to have something one of right. a kind. So that's why I'm taking Polaroid. So there is um, no file that I have on my computer. Um, there is just this one Polaroid, like one of a kind, and right. we are able to pay for it. And this influencer goes to the post office and he will ship this Polaroid for one hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was pretty shocked with this. Yeah, absolutely. And your platform has a function and a tool where users can participate in auctions for certain pieces of content or particularly like limited edition pieces of content. Can you talk about that? Uh, yes, exactly. So uh, you can, you, you always have two options. So you can um, put the price and then there is buy now, people can buy immediately or that there can be the auction. And right. um, we checked it that some, some influencers would prefer the market to value their content and to propose a price. Right. So that's why there is the auction mechanism. But um, but also, as we I, I just mentioned this uh, Facebook example where they post those Polaroid and there is no auction. So they just have to put the price and the person that writes the comment first will buy it. But um, if there was the auction, so they could earn much more, right? So they could right. they could let people to bid and then um, then be paid paid much more than than the fixed price. Right, and that's pretty good too, especially I think when it comes to selling art. And this can be as an influencer or an NFT artist. But traditionally in art, there's a lot of overhead and there's kind of a lot of barriers you have to overcome. You know, first, you know, essentially before you kind of start making money and i think in this new web3 economy you know you can essentially avoid a lot of those startup costs and literally start posting your collection on this you know metaverse centered uh, platform for you know influencers so i'm uh, i'm curious as far as the metaverse itself in your platform so i could essentially in a metaverse setting have like an avatar of myself you know adam english Post a crypto with English, you know, something like that. And I can literally kind of like walk around almost like a video game and in real time deal with influencers, make bids, participate in auctions, interact back and forth and things like that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So this is the whole concept behind it, that when you buy this NFT, you will be able to meet your influencer in the metaverse and access this whole environment and, you know, um, have even more personal relationship to the to this person. Got it. At so, the same time, supporting them. So um, this is not something that they have to do for free anymore, as they are doing in, in the current social media web to uh, web to ecosystem. Right. So like, you know, for example, so one of my, I guess you could say idols and like personal heroes growing up was Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, as you probably see in the wall mural behind me. So if Arnold Schwarzenegger had his own, you could say, avatar or his own little, let's say, kiosk in the metaverse, I could, it, as my own metaverse self, get an autograph from him. You know, let's say if everything if everything worked out well, so to say, I could actually get an autograph in real time, a digital autograph, mind you, like in the form of an NFT. Like let's say like a, a post, a digital poster of the Terminator or something like that. 
in the metaverse, <laughs> I could yeah. probably go and say, listen, uh, uh, Governor Schwarzenegger, former Governor Schwarzenegger, uh, my name's Adam English, big fan. Could you sign my digital NFT Terminator poster? That would be a transaction essentially in the in the metaverse, so to say. And then I could essentially leave with something like a cryptographic hash showing essentially the new autographed version of that poster. Plus you could say the long, you know, hash, um, you could say line of like 26 plus characters showing, you know, essentially evidencing that, right? Exactly, exactly. But I really like the, um, the word that you use that this is just digital autograph. So this is right. how we are selling this, that now right. you are not like signing physically, you are just doing this digital autograph that is um, in the form of NFT. And yeah, so this is how we explain it to influencers. Wow, that's, uh, that's definitely pretty cool. So as far as, um, you know, for people who want to, you know, get started on this, I would imagine, you know, someone asked like, okay, if I'm an influencer, tell me about the community that's on there. So how many influencers have signed up to this so far? Do you know the number? I know the number, but actually our strategy is that we would like to prove that, you know, the platform works, etc. So that's why we focus on um, cooperation with a small number of influencers. Right. And, you know, like we are going to figure it out, so like create playbooks um, and really prove that it works this way. Uh, so that's why it's not uh, not about the not about the quantity but the quality. And by the way, I absolutely agree too. And in fact, I think with you could say certain platforms or certain parties out there, it has been known some do inflate their numbers using bots, so to say. So you know <laughs> yeah. that that is something yeah. that does you know exist out there. And like you, I agree. I think quality of followers or quality of subscribers is certainly you know more important than the numbers you know especially exactly um yeah exactly and i totally agree with you that there are platforms like we've we've also seen this that uh you know they just buy those those items um right by themselves and, but it proves nothing it proves nothing it doesn't prove that it works like it doesn't prove that the whole concept works and this is what we are so much focused on um to prove that it can work this way that influencers can monetize their um artworks right across the whale that's awesome and you know another thing too as far as you know quality versus quantity of community what is as important if not more important is the quality of the participation of the subscribers or members of the community so let's say if you let's say if you're a rising influencer and let's say you have 10,000 you know subscribers followers so to say but let's say only let's say only 50 actually participate is that considered a success in of itself it's very questionable to be honest however let's say if you have 500 followers but a hundred people are participating hundred if not a little bit more than that that's 20 percent of your following that at least in my mind, looks like something that has more promise in the long run. And I'll also look at that number and think, okay, well, this is organic growth at the very least. And also, if if 20% are, you know, let's say participating, actively liking, actively posting, well, if you scale that to a thousand or two thousand, you're still gonna get 20, um, you know, 20%, if not more, of that same level of you know, participation. So by the way, I, like I said, I totally, you know, agree when it, when it comes to that. So um, I'm very excited to see what Frosty Whale has, you know, has in store. And I was going to ask you too, have you created any content yourself, like uh, from, from your website? Because <laughs> I'll tell you this, um, I've, I have created NFT art before, not in any type of, I guess you could say serious sense, like an NFT artist would, I made a few NFTs of my dog, you know, uh, behind me here. Um, she's Shiba Inu, just like Dogecoin. But I made a few. I made a few of her, and um, it's an interesting. It's an interesting experience to say the least. But for me, I just did it just so I can understand, you know, the process. So when putting this together, did you uh, become a user, a subscriber of your own platform, and kind of like start doing stuff like that? Yes, of 
Sure, sure. So we've been testing the platform at the very beginning and I became the first influencer and I mean to my, uh, my own photos. Um, yes, but now we are focused on the particular category of influencers. So that's why right. I'm not part of this category. Um, like, first of all, I'm not influencer, <laughs> maybe <laughs> some sort of like LinkedIn influencer because I love LinkedIn. Right, but, same uh, here. No, you know, like not, not that uh, Instagram influencer or TikTok influencer that, that we are right. looking for right now. So, um, yeah, so I designed my own collection. I wanted to post it, but then we decided to focus on this category and then um, it doesn't make sense for me anymore, but uh, I can do right. it. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> can mint on the platform. I've tested this many times and uh, the whole process, how it works, how easy it is. And also, um, yeah, so, so yeah, I created my own NFTs. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, that that's absolutely you know awesome. So glad to hear. And as far as the metaverse uh, platform itself um, is, do you, do you have a specific name for the NFT tokens that are used uh, in the transactions, in the processes, buying or selling, you know, things like that? Oh, um, like what kind of name? You mean like which token we use? Yes. No, I know you use like I know you use like Polygon. Like so, um, you know, for instance, like you know, some of the uh, like Rarible, for instance, like when you use that website, they also have their own Rarible token you can use to transact. Oh, or, or if you want, you can use like Fiat or maybe Bitcoin. Okay, so you are asking us about uh, tokenization and to tokenomics. Uh, no, so we do not have our own token right now, but we are definitely thinking about it. But also, I think um, that um, introducing token to the public, to the like uh, like crossing community, has to be done in a smart way because we saw Absolutely. we can observe so many tokens, like all those platforms. They do tokens. They um, and at the, at the very beginning, the price go up, but la later, like almost all of them, the price is like super down and it's, uh, right. it, it doesn't look good, right? Right. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so like, um, definitely we think about it, but uh, it, it's not about just uh, doing our own token, but the whole strategy behind it, how to maintain the price, how to, how to increase the price, not, not let it down so quickly. Right. And by the way, I think that's a very good, and cautious approach to take because I think for as many success stories as there are for ICOs and you know coin creation and you know raising funds that way, there are probably twice or three times as many you could say failures coming from that. Um, you know, I guess you could say miss miss uh, like mistaken timing or mistaken technology, and you're trying to launch a token and then it kind of ends up crashing and burning, so to say. People lose their money you know, the company folds and things like that. So I think that's great that you and your, you know, you and your team at, you know, Frosty Whale are, are being cautious regarding that because, you know, I've, you know, just from, you know, people I know and, you know, colleagues and, you know, other, other contemporaries, some, and I'm not saying all, but some people think that an ICO is the magic bullet to making, a good coin, but also making a successful company. But uh, just because a company can create a token does not necessarily mean that company can make that token successful. And there's so many things that are out of your hands, especially when you when you do that as well. So it's kind of like you have to really be able to learn how to read the landscape, so to say, before you know before you do that. And I would say if you're not sure, don't do it. Plan, take your time, revisit do more research on things. And then, you know, when you actually feel like you're ready, and I think a lot of reasonable people have like a decent instinct about this, you know, then, you know, then go ahead, you know, then go ahead and do it. But I, the reason why I was asking, because I look at the Frosty Whale, you could say logo, and I think that would make an excellent token. Like I could totally <laughs> see that on like CoinMarketCap or, you know, one of these other websites, it, you know, I, it's a very marketable, catching you know um i guess you could say trademark uh, insignia say the least <laughs> yeah i totally agree with you so i had the same thoughts that it's it's gonna look good but also um taking into a, so maybe we're a bit different project because our customers are people who are not into blockchain space who right. don't know much about it right so um so even if we do our token, so then we need the whole strategy. And uh, when you take a look at the, all those companies that have their own tokens, they are more into this blockchain environment, 
more into this blockchain community that right. understands the value of the token they they buy it etc and for us it's not the target customer like this blockchain enthusiast so that's why we um, put a lot of effort and pay a lot of attention to, to the target customer and we focus on them 100 percent and right. um, these are people like for them it would be much more difficult to explain the value of token so you know like small steps because now um now we have to educate them on the nft technology and later like maybe one day we'll go go more into token um or like we can always do the token and then sell it to the blockchain enthusiasts but then on the other hand like it's also a very time consuming process and right. um probably you you were observing like many companies are selling tokens or selling nfts but then you create your own community on discord that you have to manage that you have to take care of and right. this is nowhere close to our target customer these are not right. influencers that are going to be creators on our platform so um so so that's why we decided not to go in like these two directions but just focus on on the platform and onboarding um creators right. um educating them etc and by the way, that's a very good philosophy to take when um, I guess you could say executing this, because a lot of people who are going to end up joining this, a lot of influencers, you know, they're not going to essentially be tech experts themselves. So the issue is, how do we make this marketable? So people are at least attracted to coming onto this. And essentially, the ultimate goal of this platform is intuitive to them. And it just kind of makes sense to, let's say, the average layperson who's let's say not very you know familiar to this space and i think like anything the exactly. ultimate the ultimate success of blockchain is going to be on the mass adoption so to say it's going to be yeah, people yeah, buying yeah. groceries okay, I think totally totally the same and also i don't uh, we don't want our influencers to feel overwhelmed when they visit our platform they right. say that there is a token that there is like so much about blockchain you know like you need white paper etc they start reading right. this they don't understand anything and then they may have may have the feeling that this platform is not for them so that's why right. um that's why we are trying to make it so accessible and so easy and uh, maybe it's not the it's not even the last version of the website because we are going to um, to, to reconstruct it a bit to make it even more simpler so like people go uh, to the platform people visit the, the platform and they immediately understand the goal of it and for them like it's straightforward etc so so this is yeah. this is what we are working on awesome and what's it like right now being in singapore launching a blockchain project it must feel like you're kind of in the center of the world in some ways you know, you know, areas like Singapore and Southeast Asia, generally speaking, and then you have the UAE and Dubai. You know, I look at these places, you know, this looks like the future to me, especially within the next five to 10 years. Yes. <laughs> so, okay. So, um, we are based in Singapore, uh, but, uh, you know, as our product is more B2C, um, so that's why we uh, we have to look for other markets in the region, and that's why we do a lot in Thailand right now. And also thinking about other East Asian countries, Southeast Asian and East Asian. Right. But um, Singapore, yeah, like definitely a great hub, and the sec secondary market of for the NFTs is very liquid here. This is what yes, I heard I recently. That the liquidity is super high <laughs> in <laughs> Singapore. Right. Definitely. But it's like for us, it's not the priority market because it's like super slow. It's uh, super small at the same time, just uh, not even six million people. So um, like long term, we cannot focus on Singapore, but definitely right. a great hub to start and um, think about the expansion to other countries in the region. Right. So would like South Korea and Japan be like countries in East Asia? South Korean, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> you are totally right. I think that you are uh, that you you are um, talking about intuitively, but definitely uh, you are um, you are on the same page uh, as I am. Not even oh, great. <laughs> not even <laughs> not even knowing each other that long, right? Yeah, so right. Um, I don't know how you guessed it, but yes, definitely Japan and Korea, South Korea are countries that. Um, that we think about and right yeah i mean maybe some of it was was intuition but also you know just doing my own research and also you know hearing things from you know other friends and colleagues i have have in this space as well but south korea and japan look like very good markets for these type of products and you know kind of having collectibles and collections 
of different, you know, individual influencers or NFT artists or anything and everything in between, you know, for that. So, and exactly. it seems like a good, it seems like a good enough area to market to and sell those kind of uh, products without too much, um, I think without too much burden from what it, from what it sounds like. <laughs> I, yeah, 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 exactly. I totally agree with you. So um, I could do this business in Europe, right? But right. here in Southeast Asia and East Asia, it's a bit different vibe. So you have all those cultures like K-pop, J-pop, right. and all those strong communities. Um, and that's why we are doing business here. And um, yeah, like Japan, South Korea, Right. The purchasing power is definitely there, but also the culture of influencers, the people, um, how people uh, value them, how people are some sort of crazy in a positive sense about influencers right. and how much people spend on them nowadays on buying um, stuff from influencers. Um, so definitely these are promising markets for us. Yeah, I mean, you know, you mentioned, you know, K-pop, for instance, but given the amount of trends that, let's say, come out of both of those countries, having an NFT collection, you know, makes a lot of sense. And, you know, doing some type of business where you can capitalize on some of those, whether it's, let's say, a K-pop collection of, you know, certain artists, you know, that is something that's going to have a lot of market value, you know, in Asia. And by the way, most likely in Europe and, and in the United States. And let's say if we talk about Japan, whether it's whether it's, let's say, a new animated series or something along the lines of like, you know, Pokemon, you know, these are things that kids are going to want to collect. And I have a four year old son. So, you know, Pokemon is still very, very popular. So I hear all about it. So I'm sure if, you know, children and adults have, you know, opportunities to, you know, buy those things, I think more often than not, you know, they will. <laughs> exactly. Anime, manga, comics. Right. It's like super strong culture here. Um, right. So yeah, so, so definitely, definitely great market. Like when you mentioned K-pop, um, K-pop definitely is huge, but you, you, um, I think that it's also like very similar to NBA Top Shot. What they did there oh. is the whole company behind it. And that's why K-pop is not um, on our focus right now, because behind those big K-pop stars, they are huge companies, right? So then we right. have to make it with the company and there is no this um, direct connection and relationship and transaction between between the K-pop star and the fan because it will be probably traded, like the, the company will, right. will stay behind and the company will own all, all the NFTs you will be just buying. From the collectible point of view, that's great. So um, this is how the NBA Top Shot works, but you are not right. buying directly from, uh, you know, like LeBron James or any other basketball player. So um, right. this is like another value of our platform that you are trading, you are buying directly from your favorite um, social media creator. And this is how you can strengthen this relationship. And that's why we also have this auction mechanism. So um, even if you are a big social media uh, creator, people will be able to pay more for your artworks, for your NFTs. And still yeah. have motivation to to sell them directly, not doing this through assistants, managers, etc. So um, yeah, so so we are working directly with creators, and um, yeah, and this is this is also this is also our idea for the business. Good stuff. So for 2022, what are some of the goals that Frosty Whale would like to accomplish? Because it seems like the theme of 2022 is going to be the metaverse. You know, I think Bitcoin is still very relevant. But I think with the growing popularity, knowledge, and I think the technology of the metaverse, you know, Bitcoin itself does not have all the attention anymore when it comes to this space. You know, the attention migrated to NFTs. And I think this year we're starting to see more interest and attention in the metaverse economy, in the metaverse marketplace. So, like I said, so for Frosty Whale, what do you uh, hope to accomplish for this year? Sure. So definitely this year we would like to, we are focusing on one category because we believe that to build a successful platform or marketplace, you have to go category by category. So this is what right. we've been doing right now. We don't want to go too broad and we do like one category in Thailand, but if we prove that it works, then we will uh, expand to other countries that this category is also like very strong. And um, this is definitely definitely our goal for the for this year. But also right. the metaverse. The metaverse is developing very fast, and we see a huge potential. And um, the category that we are targeting 
is very close to gaming as well. So that's why, like, for them, the metaverse is even more appealing, more exciting, and this right. is what they are um, they are looking for. And um, yeah, like we will be exploring the space, and hopefully, maybe next year, you will be able to buy the NFT and use it and um, join the metaverse and see your favorite influencer have to, like almost like personal um, relationship or interaction with right. them. And what is uh, what is going on in Thailand, you know, right now, as far as, you know, NFTs in the metaverse, because you, you mentioned Thailand a few times already. And wow. I know at least in the Philippines right now, there is a huge boom in NFT gaming and play to earn or play and earn rather. So if you can kind of, you know, get into some of the details about, you know, Thailand, that'd be great. Sure. Uh, so definitely like regarding Thailand, Thailand has a bit um, higher purchasing power. So it's more developed country in comparison to Philippines or Indonesia um, right now and um, pretty populated. Um, but also they have blockchain exchange, which is called the BitCup and um, yeah, like this, like this blockchain, this uh, cryptocurrency exchange, they have, um, you know, they, they do a lot of promotion. So that's why the, those topics of blockchain cryptocurrencies um, are somehow known for Thai people. They, you know, that they saw it, they saw it in TV, they saw it um, uh, in the internet and they somehow um, know something about those topics so that's why it's a bit easier to talk to them but also i think right. that thailand bangkok is a very vibrant and dynamic entrepreneurial ecosystem right now and yeah. the last time i was in bangkok like two weeks ago uh, i visited an exhibition which was uh, th there were paintings but you can there was also a qr code to each of the painting you can oh, scan nice. it and you can buy the nft so um yeah so it's it's already happening there and um, there are many events right like that, and um, yeah, I, I see. I see that um, Thailand is a very promising country. Right. Yeah. Same here. I'll, like I'll tell you this: when it comes to Thailand, their uh, I guess you could say their national Thai boxing, you know, uh, sport is still very popular. It's still very relevant, and there are a few um, very well-known fighters that have you know come out over the over the past few years and. You know, I think at least, you know, Western audiences probably have, a, you know, some more, uh, you could say, detailed knowledge about them. So if there's a certain athlete I like, and by the way, that's, you know, just really, you know, kicking ass and is just like an overall good athlete, like I would buy a collection of them, you know, for sure. You know, so, I mean, that's where my mind is at. So I, I think uh, I will definitely keep a close eye on Thailand over, you know, over the next, uh, well, probably a few years. A lot of great things are coming out of different parts of the world, whether it's, you know, in Singapore, the uh, you could say the rest of Southeast Asia and many other areas. So um, NFTs are not going away. And I know lately some critics have dismissed NFTs in of themselves, but, you know, they're not just for art. You know, they're really a almost a means of exchange, you know, um, that provides additional benefits like a residual royalty like income if you're able to sell something you know, exactly. of your own as well. So I think that's great. And I like the fact that, you know, in this NFT economy, especially when it comes to whether it's influencers or celebrities and they're selling something, it does bridge, it does create a bridge and a connection between, you could say, the artist and the fan. So it's not just simply like you're going into the, you know, going into some regular, you know, sports merchandise store and you're just buying, you know, some cards or you're buying exactly. some memorabilia. You know, there is an immutable ledger you know, showing everything. And there's kind of a direct connection, so to say, <clears throat> excuse me, between those two worlds. So I am, uh, I'm very excited to see what the future, you know, holds when it comes <laughs> to this. And uh, I, yes. I totally agree with you. And uh, yeah, so this is how we look at this, that uh, this interaction connection that now can be built using NFT technology. But also you mentioned royalty fee. Uh, so um, this is definitely the aspect that hasn't been explored yet, because if you sell something like physical stuff, you're never going to get royalty fee. Right. But with NFTs, you can get the royalty every time the item is resold, which is great for the creators. Absolutely. And by the way, how did you get into blockchain technology to begin with? 
I noticed that a lot of people who are, you know, entrepreneurs, they enter the space with a certain project and they create that project. Everybody seems to have a story as far as when the uh, switch went on, as far as, you know, all of this stuff. So I wonder what's your story? Okay, sure. So I worked in a venture capital fund before. So I had a lot of, um, you know, like, Close, close relationship with the entrepreneur, with entrepreneurs, with other startups. We invested a lot, but uh, even recently we invested in one NFT company one year ago. Uh, so, so this was like the event. Definitely important. Even when I um, when I uh, research more about it, but also I think that. Um, from my perspective, it was the other way around. I have this feeling that many projects they um, start from the blockchain technology, and later they are looking for the fields they can adapt the blockchain technology when where they can implement it, and that's how they build the companies. In my case, it was the other way around. So I saw the problem, which was like this whole influencer economy, the problems they have. And later came the NFT technology. And I was like, yeah, like maybe we can use this technology to solve this problem. And um, yeah, so I think that it was maybe a bit uh, the other way around than just uh, trying to adapt NFT technology everywhere, like many companies are, are trying to. And I think that in, you know, if there was another technology that was better than NFT, I would just using another technology but i don't know right. any other one that can solve this problem that i see right so that's why like um i see that nft technology is very promising we are using this in our platform in first platform and um yeah got it and what advice would you give to aspiring entrepreneurs out there who are looking to create their own projects in this space whether it's with nfts cryptocurrencies or just some sort of use case you know blockchain solution oh yeah so the advice that i have is (laughs) i realized that many entrepreneurs like myself um uh, in in this blockchain space in the crypto space um the projects they do are too difficult to the mainstream and i have this feeling that not many entrepreneurs are trying hard enough to make it accessible for the public audience. So the sure. the majority of the projects that I see right now, um, they are under they are able to be understood only by a very small not very small number of people, very small amount of people, and right. they are dedicated to this group. And other people feel like it's not for them, and that's how this the whole NFT bullshit and bad, bad press starts because people feel excluded that they are not part of this project, that they don't understand it, etc. So the advice that I have is that we have to think about the mainstream and we have to make the technology accessible. So um, we, do, we, shouldn't, um, we shouldn't expect people to understand the, the technology inside out. This is, they don't have to understand the internet to use it, but the right. applications, platforms, everything we create should be accessible to them. We cannot create those barriers that many platforms have right now and people like visit them and they don't know what's going on. They just leave immediately and later they are going to criticize in, in media that it's it's bullshit, it's bad, blockchain is bad, right. etc. So yeah, so <laughs> let's work on accessibility for the mainstream so everybody can take advantage of this beautiful technology, not just a small number of small group of people. Right. Well, listen, you know, more often than not, keeping it simple works a hell of a lot better than than I guess you could say more details and overcomplicating things, you know. I totally agree with you. Yeah. The straightforward approach more often than not, you know, works. So listen, Paulina, thank you very much for coming on to the show today. I very much appreciate you, you know, generously providing your time to talk about Frosty Whale, the NFT metaverse marketplace ecosystem that you're building as well. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing, you know, how your project progresses and develops, you know, throughout the year. And certainly providing a solution for influencers is going to be very beneficial for the economy, especially this decentralized you know, uh, economy where people who would not otherwise make money from their content can essentially now create collections, almost like a, uh, you know, almost like a sports card or a memorabilia type way and actually generate, you know, something from this. So I, I think this is incredible. 
<laughs> Thank you very much, Adam, for the invitation. It was such a pleasure to speak with you today. And uh, yeah, uh, good luck. And uh, I will let you know how our business progresses. Yes, keep year. posted. <laughs> we'll keep you posted. <laughs> Stay frosty. Yeah, I will. You, you as well. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.